Well, well, well. Well, well, well. Hello, everyone. Greetings. Welcome to a new episode of Pop Apologist. Mm-hmm. Today, we have the one and only Kate Casey from Reality Life with Kate Casey. Um, she's a total delight. An amazing podcast. Yeah, truly. You guys, Kate Casey is hilarious, but she also has interviewed essentially everyone in the reality TV show space. Like, right. Like, we talk about TLC shows, Bravo shows. She has such a Rolodex of information with reality TV and the people that she's met. Like, honestly, I was astounded. Um, I'm inspired. Please enjoy. It's so good. So enjoy the interview. And Chandler and I actually, full disclosure, we are recording this little intro for the second time. We actually recorded an additional 30 minutes, but the sound quality was terrible. Right. But we revealed quite a little bit uh, on, on it's that It's honestly for the best. You know, it was a little too too raw. Yeah, probably a little too raw. So anyway, we're just coming in, re-recording this intro. Um, enjoy the episode. We'll give you more updates next week. We'll give you more updates next week and on the Patreon on Friday. One thing, though, to know is that there is a trigger warning on this episode. There are references to sexual assault and sex trafficking, so we just want to, you know, make sure that, you know, the sensitive topics are referenced. Yeah. Second trigger warning in a row, Chen. All right. Spicy. Oh, also, there are some NSFW references as well. Right. Chandler, as the cancel police, are you happy with these I warnings? I think this caveat, these uh, string of caveats satisfies me. Wonderful. She approves the disclaimers. All right, you guys. With that said, enjoy. Oh, one other thing. Chandler, the interview doesn't really start with a very polished beginning. That's my fault. I, I'm just going to go ahead and come clean. Lauren's great at introducing guests. She's great at making the episodes run smoothly. So every time I wow, try and... You. <sighs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> every time I try and take the mic, it's not as smooth. So it's a little bit of a bumpy landing when you get into this, but just enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. And we'll see you when you dock at that shore. <laughs> yeah, I'm so smooth. God bless the broken road, honestly. Literally, I, I, I suck people into a vortex. My husband has a big problem with it. He's like, you have to stop talking because I suck them in and then I never let people leave. And then they're like, I have a job to do. I'm like, no, we need to talk about Beyonce. Sorry. <laughs> I'm here for it's, the vortex. I love uh, it. Yeah, I, I'm already sucked in. I never want to leave it. Okay, so <laughs> we were already kind of talking about Orange County. Um, this is why I like first fell in love with you because I remember on Juicy Scoop, when you were first starting, I was listening and Heather McDonald was like, everyone's got to listen to Kate Casey. And I remember you talking about Orange County and I'm like, okay, this chick is my chick. Um, oh, but was I like, why? How can I live here? What, yeah, what's happening because you hated world? it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, so God. I need to know, what are your favorite parts about the suburban wasteland? Do you have a favorite strip mall? Maybe a super target. How do you feel about the Irvine Spectrum? That sort of thing. I never go to the Irvine Spectrum truthfully um i never go there and it's weird because you move here and then all of a sudden you become the worst person in terms about driving and i mm -hmm. think this is because i lived in washington dc for a good period of time which is one of the worst trafficked er well not sex traffic sex traffic by the way um i mean like traffic <laughs> like cars that's a horrible place then i lived in la another horrible place for a car so i moved to orange county and i just don't want to drive anymore so if people are like can you go to Irvine Spectrum? I'm like, do I need a stick and a bandana? Do I need a GPS route? Um, I will never return home. So I, no, I don't go there. I do live in uh, Newport Beach. So I live very close to a like, quiet woman and I live close oh, to yeah. wow. lots of housewives. Like 
Yes, I live very close you to. Want to give your address out? I live. <laughs> I live close to Terry Dubrow's Face Factory. Um, yeah, wow. so I'm in the thick of it. I will say this: I am still tried and true an East Coaster. I do wear a lot of black. I will not let go of my funeral clothing. I don't really talk to my neighbors. That's very different here because a lot of people want to hang out with their neighbors and do like paddle ball in the street. And I'm just like, <sighs> it's better if I don't know more about you because I don't want it to be uncomfortable at the mailbox. I will, <laughs> this way kind of encapsulates what we're dealing with here. I met a neighbor one time and I said, you know, it's weird. You look so familiar. Now, understand that I'm coming from the place of like, maybe I met you in the OBGYN office or we struck up a conversation at like Rite Aid. And her response was, oh, I know I was on Santa Barbara. As in the soap opera from yesteryear. I was like, no, no, no. No, I mean, I just like saw you in town. But that's how everybody is. So it's like, you look familiar. And it's like, oh, I was in a commercial in 19, you know, 99 uh, on Fox TV. And you're like, oh, okay. Like everybody here has some sort of history in the entertainment industry. It's very weird. And um, I've had friends. I met this one woman before I had kids. And she said, well, I have a daughter. And she's had a really lucrative career uh, in the industry. And I'm like, oh, oh what's she gosh. been in? She's like, she's been in a ton of law and orders. I'm like, law and order? <laughs> like, wait, like she's like in middle school. I'm like, well, what kind of scenes are we talking about? And she's like, one, we had to prep her because it was like, she was like a molested child that was then like murdered. And I'm like, wait, wait oh what? Now, listen, the people across the heartland are like, so judgy McJudgersons, right? About like, um, what the people on the west coast do and i'm like uh, this is why because you have people who have kids in middle school that are like okay bonnie you're gonna miss science class today i need you to go to the set uh and hollywood listen you they're gonna murder you in the scene okay they're just gonna beat you up and then like cut you open and then we're gonna come back and go to julie's pool party <laughs> it's a really weird place it's a weird place to explain to people yeah, it, it really truly is. And I think that like I think that there are a lot of mothers there who are trying to, you know, fight through that Orange County to LA traffic every weekend mm-hmm. with their kids yes. to get headshots taken, to get them in the scene, to get them to their next casting. And what's funny is like I feel like I was almost like the opposite of that. Like I I, I wanted my mom to realize <laughs> yes. my star. Like I would be if she would only capitalize on my good looks and like talent. But my mother saw me with like true eyes, like in reality and realized like I was very much of average attractiveness and like mediocre <laughs> talent. And thank goodness she well, never tried all, to. Uh... You were never of under average attractiveness. It's just your mom was like a normal person in Normalville. Okay, here's a true story. And I'm going to give you videos so you guys can use it. I got a call when my son, Jack, who is now nine, was approximately three years old. And they're like, listen, it's Fox 11 News. We're in a jam. We need a boy that wears size 3T. Can you bring him down? I was like, (laughs) you understand I never leave my house in the area. Like, I can't even go to Irvine Spectrum without, like, leaving breadcrumbs outside my house. As if we'll never return. And they're like, just do me a salad. So I drive down at the crack of dawn. I take Jack. We go to Fox 11. We We pull in. We go in. There are a bunch of other mothers there with their children. I'm not kidding you. They were monsters. I was like, I've got to get the fuck out of here because it was like, okay, does um, 
Chase have his green room? Like, where's the green room? I'm like, you guys literally are nobodies. Like, no one knows who you are. They don't know your kid is. And you're demanding a green room. I was like, can we just, like, does somebody have, like, a like a stale bagel from a couple days ago that he could just gnaw on because he's teething? Like, I had no nothing, you know? And so we go on set. And I'm like, Jack, just just walk out there and just stand on stage. And, you know, he just kind of did that. And there was one mother behind the curtain and she was like screaming at her kid. She was like, come on, give him your face, give him your face. (laughs) And then after the shoot was over, they were like wanting to hang out, like in the green room and hang out. I was like, I got to go to work. Like, see ya later. Bye. Bye. And they all wanted to just like see if they could like get some more opportunities. It was the weirdest experience. And ever since then, I was like, people who have their children in these things are monsters. I will show you the video. You'll see. Jack's like, well, why are we here? I want to go back and, like, you know, eat paste. Did Jack have a writer for this experience? Yeah. What was it? No, but I'm, I'm sure these idiots did because it was alarming. And by the way, I'm rolling up in, like, sweatpants, and these moms were, like, fully quaffed with aqua, Aquanet hairspray. Like, French nails, doing, like, Hervé Leger adjacent dresses, like, heels. I was like, you know you're not going to be on TV, right? It was weird. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, can I tell you? It's unfathomable. One of the things that's unfathomable to me about you is you're so I don't know that we've properly introduced Kate Casey, (laughs) our guest today, host of Reality Life with Kate Casey. Yes. The podcast. But you have such like a there's such a breadth of topics and shows that you cover. Mm -hmm. And Chandler and I have very poor to like (laughs) medium to poor work ethics. Yeah, slash retention abilities. We can't watch all the Housewife franchises. Mm-hmm. We can't watch oh, all the TLC shows. Mm-hmm. But like you somehow managed to have five children and mm-hmm. have watched and are an mm-hmm. expert on everything. Everything. Can you give us some sort of insight into how you accomplished Right. This? A TED Talk, if you will. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm a multitasker on crack. Also, remember that my previous <laughs> – work experience was that or professional experience my first chapter was i did media crisis media litigation for global law firms for like 17 years or something so my job was to get lawyers famous basically get them in the news so let's say i and i would work with all kinds of different lawyers so you know one day i would be working on an attorney who specializes in intellectual property so i've got to deep down all the information on intellectual property and then pitch reporters as if i had a law degree so Hi, Bob. Um, I know you're going to be covering the blah, blah, blah uh, lawsuit. I'd love to put you in touch with Mary McGee, who is an expert on intellectual property. She can talk about the implications of this legislation and how it's going to affect the technology industry and talk about it like I knew what I was talking about. So every different practice area, I'd have to download information real quick and act like an expert. So I think that that's translated uh, or pushed over to this chapter because I, you know, like uh, if I've got Temptation Island uh, in interview, I've got to do a quick deep, deep down download on Temptation Island, know all the players, the background of the show, blah, blah, blah. You know, I have to know all that stuff before I interview somebody. So I think that the previous professional experience really helps that because I've ar- I'd already like known how to do that in, in, a, in a very fast period of time. Okay, so you'll do an interview – and have just and you ha- won't have watched really everything. Well, no, that's not true. Research. Like uh, I sometimes, but generally, I know a little. I, my husband would tell you this. I know a little bit about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So if I book something and I already know a little bit, 
then I just tune it up to a lot by doing an even bigger right. deep dive. So I, I've, I've got my finger on the pulse of what's going on all the time and all the different shows because I'm reading. I'm also a speed reader. So I'm speed reading and I'm like just checking things out. So I have an idea. And then it's like if I need to do a deep dive, I can quickly go into that zone and deep dive. And plus, gotcha. I'm, all, I'm really efficient and I should do a TED Talk on how to find pockets of time through the day to get work done. So I'm working all day long. You're never going to see me like kicking back on a telephone call unless I'm also walking the dog, writing something. And, you know, I'm always doing two or three things at one time. It's astounding. How do, where does this Chandler I, and I, I again? Like, we don't relate to this because yeah. that sounds so exhausting. But is this some? Do you enjoy this? Is this? Like, oh no, no. I would be bored out of my skull if I were not doing all this. Like I, I'm okay, somebody gotcha. who needs to do a lot of things at a lot, like all the time. But I've always been like that, even since I was a kid. I'd be like, Mom, like, what do you have for me to do? And she's like, Listen, you're, a, you're, a, you're a lot. You're a lot. And I have other fish to fry, so find something to do. So I watched a prodigious amount of television as a kid, like a ton of television. So I be, and I also have um, an eidetic memory. I think that's how you say it. I have a photographic memory. So it's like, but it's specific to p- details about people. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, other people meet, uh, go to a dinner party, for example, and they're, they're like, oh, it was fun. I had some ribs and I had a drink and I left. And I remember every single detail about every person at the party and I will remember it for the rest of my life. And the only other oh. time that I've ever met somebody that's like that was um, President Clinton. I was, a, a white, I was a White House intern and, um, I, I did this speech at the Democratic Caucus when I was a junior, senior in college. I think I senior maybe. And um, I met him because I introduced him. And that was, I, I said, oh my gosh, you're a freak like me. Like we remember everything about everybody that we've ever met. And he's like, I basically was like, you know, I know it's, it, it, it's something you can't explain. And it's not something that I, it's like, I don't even try. I just remember it all. So it's are like, you saying like, words? It's like a nerd with, um, you know, like with numbers. You know, some people are like, they just don't forget numbers and they remember sequences. I just remember details about people. And I always tell this story, but it's true. When I was a kid, I'm not a normal person. I just want to preface this. this. I loved looking at my mom's 1963 yearbook. She graduated when she was like 15. So I to, would take her yearbook out all the time and ask her about everybody in the class. She's like, we went over this again. I'm like, okay, so who was she married to? What street did she live on? And how many kids did the family have? And what did her dad do? And did he ever get fired? And did anybody have an affair? And then if there was an affair, what were their children's names? And when you went back for the 10 year reunion, like, did you talk to anybody? And what were they doing? Did anybody have a drug addiction? And it's like constantly, I wanted to know everything and then my sister would come home from like a play date and like well what do their parents do what are the kids names <laughs> it's crazy are there and any my mom, she knows that like she lives in the same area and she'll say oh i, I ran into addy lefevre oh my god addy lefevre's like i can't even believe you remember my name um i ran into her at this at the cvs i'm like well what is she doing is she married does she have kids what does she do for a living it's like <laughs> that is how my brain works all the time so when I start then I was home for a weekend because I went to boarding school in Hershey Pennsylvania that's a whole other story and um I remember watching the real world it was like a marathon of season one and I was like oh my god I'm obsessed because this is just people's stories right so that is your thing it's like knowing everything about everyone yeah and I'm not even like it's not like I'm cramming at night I've got like a notebook with details about people color-coded with like you know, a trapper keeper. It's just, 
It's like I download the information and then it never leaves. I can still remember the email addresses of reporters that I work with years and years and years ago. I mean, that's incredible because I come from a place of like actually not really um, having any sort of good memory about people to the point where all have hung out with in a group of, of friends multiple times and call someone by the wrong name. Um, so I actually, I envy that because it's highly awkward when you're as much of an asshole as I am and basically just don't well, even notice you, anyone around me. You, you probably have your own skill set that doesn't make sense. Like I'm sure you're like, you know, somebody who's like killing it on like Instagram stories and know the, this thing and this thing and how to do that and that that and like I would be like okay slow down for grandma Moses <laughs> so everybody has their own little thing it's just that's my weird thing it's funny that you talk about being a speed reader because I feel like I used to like give myself that as well but I realized that I actually don't like actually speed read I just speed skim which means that I oh, don't yeah okay take in anything like I actually just like skip words mm-hmm. and and turn pages um so I'm, I'm just, I'm realizing a lot of things about myself and I've got a lot to learn, <laughs> frankly. Wait, okay. So we were talking about Clubhouse earlier and yeah. I have to, I have to break into this because <laughs> I, I did, I do have the app. I've never gone into, I've never talked on it, but I've listened to one conversation of total on the app and it was a conversation you were in. Oh, good. Talking about JLo and A-Rod. <gasps> oh, that was one <sighs> of the good ones. I have to say... Some of them are real good. I mean, I also do it on my Patreon, but like two really good um, clubhouse talks that I had, which I, they're also on my, I didn't record them, but I did them separately with the same two people on different Patreon episodes. One was about behind the scenes of celebrity styling, like what really happens. Oh, that would be so good. the other one was about behind the scenes of celebrity weddings. Oh, that's gold. So my celebrity wedding friend almost worked on two of JLo's weddings. (gasps) So he showed me his, uh, her Pinterest. The keys to the kingdom. No, no, you have no idea. I want to send you guys the link. I'm going to let you look at it because he's he's sweating. He's like, Kate, she's going to cut her hair. I know it. And then I looked at the Pinterest board. I'm like, yep, she's going to, she's deaf. She's got a whole page of cutting your hair into a bob. You can see how her houses are decorated, her mood boards, um, her kids' birthday parties. Like, honestly, move over, Edward Snowden. Like, we're hacking. No, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So so those are the kind of things we talk about in the room. And then so basically clubhouses and like audio rooms. So you get a chance to jump into someone's room and then you raise your hand if you want to speak. And then so we'll be talking about it. And then I'll say, hey, if anybody else is like insight into JLo or what worked as an assistant for a celebrity, jump forward. Mm -hmm. Let's hear what you have to say. And then it's fascinating because then someone will go okay well guess what i used to work on the set of blah 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 and this is what went down and you're like get the hell out of town so my my, my friend lo who is a celebrity do you guys know well, lo? yeah we, we had yeah, one. We knew lo. Okay. so we lo did him lo did one about behind the scenes of celebrity styling so i for example i said okay give me the scoop i have read many many times that celebrities will have their stylists cut out the wrong size and sew it into the dress to make them feel better about their weight. And he's like, totally true. I do it all the time. Stop it. Really? Yes. I'm like, oh my God, that is something I could talk about for like one hour. Right. And so then I, people are in the conversation, then they raise their hand and then they get to ask questions like, Hey, Lo, um, before the Oscars, like, you know, what's the, what's the sequence of events? What do you need to know? And then he's like, Oh, all right, here we go. So it's great because it's like, um, it's almost like an interactive podcast. So yeah. it, 
so for for your for people that love your show to listen to you it's like get the chance to ask you questions and have an interactive conversation versus only just listening to you on, on a podcast because you know listen after this conversation you might be like kate's a lunatic i would never want to talk to that bitch ever again but maybe you're gonna go hey that was kind of fun like we got to like chit chat well that's you can do that all the time on clubhouse so well, for me i have a room for example where i talk about what to watch each week so some people get that list on social media and they're like oh i've got kate's checklist on what to watch this week but this way they're like okay kate why should i watch that mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. i can go more into it well i feel like we spend so much time in our dms chatting with people and like we love it and like you know just getting to like go back and forth on like our thoughts on whatever and so i think it'd be so nice to just like move that over to like real time like just chat Adding, you know i'm gonna make you guys host a room i've already okay. said it I, I know that it would this was not your idea it's just something i'm forcing you to do it's okay. going to be just you know you're gonna be like i i had no choice she zip tied me i had no <laughs> but i want you guys to host a room within my watch with kate room and i i said it before and i think it would be great i would like for you to do a room called this is who we hate on tv this week I would absolutely okay. love it. And then you guys just get to vent and you allow people to come up. They raise their hand. They're like, hey, guys, do you just mind if I uh, riff on why I hate Teresa Judice this week? And yeah. you're like, go time. Let's do it. Let's yeah. let them out on fire. Do you feel like people will say things that they wouldn't otherwise because they know it's not recorded and it can't be played later? But I think they are figuring out ways to record because somebody just asked me to do a podcast interview yesterday and they recorded via clubhouse so oh. i asked and they said they just like put their microphone right next to the phone and then recorded from podcast so i'm sure you can somehow but go, oh gotcha you just you should just go through it with the mindset like somebody could record this okay yeah but i mean okay, say, okay. i don't like Teresa judice i think she's really stupid i find her really annoying well then who cares if they record it because right. that's what you would say on your podcast anyway yeah I, I guess i just more meant like is it like is it more salacious conversation because because pe- it's like the snapchat version of podcasts like people assume it's not going to be saved and well, they're dumb. i think people like that are real stupid <laughs> and they don't deserve to live on this earth <laughs> <laughs> okay um when i did go into that that clubhouse room, I have to tell you, I felt like, you know, I, I am very into celebrity gossip. I've read Matt, you know, the magazine since I would, I could read since I did hooked on phonics, you know, I am very into it, but I felt like I was experiencing a new echelon of celebrity knowledge. Like the conversation about JLo and A-Rod, it was truly PhD dissertation level. Like I felt like you were giving your dissertation at Cambridge or something. (laughs) And so I would love to hear or to have you tell our listeners your take on this divorce because you have a truly unique perspective. Well, I salute that. Thank you very much. But I always remember that I have a background in crisis media PR. So I I look through a a different lens than other people because I'm Mm -hmm. paying attention to the way things are worded in a statement. Mm -hmm. Um, Who puts the statement out? Like Tinsley Mortimer and that loser broke up and he put the statement out. I mean, what a a douchebag. And the whole statement is like, um, you know, we've decided to part and it was my, de- but I, 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 and I'm yep. asking for your privacy. I'm like, you just like, if you, you could go through that line by line and just realize the level of douchery. Yep. So I think mm-hmm. some people just see the headline and then they move on, but I'm paying attention to how things are worded, who put the statement out, what the timeline was. Um, Do you- oh, go ahead. 
So J-Lo and A-Rod. Okay, he's got a history of loving women that are buxom, if you will, athletic, if you will, <laughs> like badonk uh, donk They work out a lot. They don't just do the Peloton. They're doing free weights. They right. are in the gym for two, three hours. Probably like uh, consume protein powder. Um, sure. Don't would never drinks wine. Never, never. They are like looking in the mirror and doing squats, probably with the help of some injections. I'm just assuming because these are women who take their fitness to a whole other level. They're like almost to like a competition where they're wearing a string bikini and oiled up. You know what I mean? Like that. Right. Right. Heels, yeah. heels. That's his type. Okay. So I've always been like J Lo. Huh. Okay. Not necessarily his type, but. I also was invited to a, a, a Milken conference a couple years ago for a client and I saw him there and he was walking circles around and I asked somebody like, what is this dude here for? And they said, oh, he's trying to get into business. I was like, oh, okay. So he hung up the baseball cap and he's like, what do I do with my life now? So he wants to get into business. But then I've also heard that he has really tried to make his mark on TV as a correspondent for like a C or, or have his own like CNBC show where he's like the apprentice style. Like I'm a business guy. So I'm mindful of that, his type that he wants to be in business. He wants to be on TV. He still likes the limelight. Like a lot of these Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. famous people are, they can't let go. And that the idea of being with Jennifer Lopez put him into a whole new stratosphere. He's at the Super Bowl. He's getting all this attention, but he can't fight the urge that comes with the attention that comes from other women because right, right. you are like, just to put it into perspective, I interviewed the, <laughs> the executive producer of rock of love with Brett Michaels. Ugh. Okay. So he told me the funniest story about how they had to teach Brett Michaels how to date because he just had groupies. So they're like, okay, no, when you go on a date, you have to ask a girl, like, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? <laughs> would you, would you like sunshine? Do you like to roller skate? And they're like, well, he's like, well, what do you mean? Because he's just used to opening a door and a girl shows him his her tits. Like, that's his life. Right. Yep. That's right. Alex Rodriguez. Yep. He has to always in his brain get acclimated to how do I go through life and actually have to work for things? Because I'm used to, and I'm not saying baseball, obviously he's worked for that. But in terms of social situations, like everyone wants my autograph. Women mm-hmm. throw themselves mm-hmm. at me. But now we're retired. Like I said, we hung up the baseball cap. So we're like, mm, am I as hot as I used to be? Not really. Do people right. have as much interest in having me on their TV program? Uh, slightly mm-hmm. less. Are people interested in the idea of having me at the helm of a television show where we're talking about business? Uh, mm. I don't know. Are we really the business, you know, pioneer that we think we are? Maybe not. It's not so exactly for, Shark Tank. So I'm, I've always come with the perception, and this is my perception, but I think that I have a degree in armchair psychology, is that he likes the benefits of being with Jennifer Lopez, but misses the attention that he once got when he was Mr. Yankee groupies Mm -hmm. outside. So he's always running through that in his own head. He's been divorced. He's had a million girlfriends. Somebody once said that he had a painting over his bed, which is of him half horse. So this is the, like the ego that we're dealing with. Okay. Jennifer Lopez has had a series of relationships. She's obviously somebody who likes to be in a relationship. But the problem that Jennifer Lopez has is that who the hell can she be with? She has this much power and she wants, like any normal person, to be challenged, right? She doesn't like the the, the Chris Judds of the worlds, the Ohani Noahs of the worlds, 
the, the guy that was the backup dancer, uh, the Casper, these right, are guys right. that can't really keep, they can't sit with her at the table. Exactly. They're accessories. She wanted somebody who was like, let's go try to buy a baseball team together. Let's right. go do Mogul. this. So, right. So then she wants she, a Beyonce, Jay-Z. Situation. She sure does. So the, 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 the number of prospects dwindles, correct? So and she meets a guy who shares her love of her Puerto Rican Latin culture. She's like, I hit the ball and out of the ballpark and our kids like each other. So she's stuck. Mm-hmm. She's stuck because she likes him. She likes the idea of him. She likes the what can come with it. She wants to be a mogul or is a mogul, wants to be, become even more of a mogul. And there's the realization that this guy needs attention 24-7 and she can't right. satiate his appetite for attention. So well, it's not even – oh, go ahead. So that's the problem. So anyway, he has a history of like talking to girls, being weird, but maybe they had arrangement. I don't know. But at some point, he was FaceTiming with Madison from Southern Charm. So they mm-hmm. have the part one reunion and Craig says, you're a horrible person. You broke up a family, a, ma- a married family, which was not actually true, but that's Craig. So we expect that of him sure. um, because um, you were with an ex MLB baseball player, major league baseball player. That was on a Thursday. And then the weekend comes and everyone's like, who could it be? Who could it be now? So it's like five people. <laughs> could be this person, this person. So I interviewed Danny on a Monday, Danny from Southern Charm. And I'm like, Danny, were you shitting your pants during the reunion when this happened? And then were you also just freaking out when the news came out that it could be maybe even A-Rod? And she goes, it was just a benign comment. She goes, well, I knew it was A-Rod because she had been FaceTiming him and bragging about it. Now, <gasps> so that was, in my, that was in my podcast. That came out on a Wednesday, and, and then it went bananas. And then it was like the cover of New York Post and all these places. Some outlets weren't covering it because I think they'd want to have a very good relationship with Jennifer Lopez. Right. But then by 5 o'clock, Madison confirmed it. She said, well, we did FaceTime, but it never went further. So, so your pod broke that. It sure did. So, congrats! Thank you very it's much. Amazing. Listen, I'm I'm not going to get a trophy, and I'm sure sure as hell not going to get a bread basket or a fruit basket from Bravo. But I'll <laughs> but I'll take that those congratulations, and it's meaningful to me, and I will sleep on that tonight. Um, I think that the problem J Lo has is now it's become such such it's a mainstream story now. So right. Before it was like, yeah, you met some floozy at the gym and her name's Barbara, but you know, no one knows about Barbara and no one cares. And even if like the Tampa Tribune wrote about it, no one would believe it because it's just mm-hmm. a Tampa right. Tribune. Now the story is a little crazy. So now she's like, okay, well, I got some daughters. I'm all about female empowerment and I'm hitched to this wagon and I got to figure out what I'm going to do. But I love the idea of we're this powerhouse and that we have these the kids that love each other, blah, blah, blah. So I think that she punished him, waited a couple of weeks to see what was going on. And then she had her manager, I think, put the statement on on Friday, like, we're not together, folks. See you later. And then I think he freaked out and he was like, whoa. And then he put feelers out to the press and said, well, we're not necessarily broken up now. But he flew to Dominican Republic, I guess, where she's filming that movie, which Army Hammer had to be yes. dropped out of. Thank you very much. Um, yes, and we'll I get think- there. He, I'm telling you, listen, I don't know a lot of things, but I think I know a lot of things. The pictures of him kissing her on the balcony, I'm going to say he probably coordinated that because he's trying to do damage control. He's probably begging her, please take me back. Yeah. 
that is my assessment. Do I work for Jennifer mm-hmm. Lopez? No. Am I hired a crisis PR person? No. But I feel like given my years of expertise, that's what I would say is the layout. If that's, that I is, feel like that's a dissertation. I feel like I'm having a religious experience I right know. now <laughs> on the level of truth that this rings within my body as you're speaking. So I'm going to take this as gospel truth. Absolutely. Because I just don't think there's any other explanation. And my question is, do you think that JLo will take him back? I, I, it's to be determined because we've got a couple mm-hmm. factors. Her children love his kids. They love the idea okay. of the family. Yeah. That tugs on your heartstrings, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. also 52 years old, really loved, wants the, to be with somebody and to be with somebody who is at her level of, of celebrity and, you know, power in the, you know, in business. Do I think he's as smart as her? Hell no. I think right. she's. way smarter I think he's kind of a dum-dum but she I think is extremely smart and I think it's until she sees the forest through the trees like I'd like to see her with like somebody from another country you know like an Eva Longoria has got a husband that is a media mogul in Mexico like that is a great pairing right Mm -hmm. Jennifer Lopez needs like a like a Jose Baston like Eva Eva Longoria has like that Mm -hmm. kind of husband but he's got to be from another country because like a tycoon I, I out of the limelight, like a tycoon out of the limelight. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. I think when it comes to someone like a rod, you know, he clearly has an addiction to, to newness and to new women mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. never been able to be faithful. And so I think it's highly unlikely that even if she does take him back, that history won't repeat itself. Right. And I so don't I even know, but I don't even know if he, she, I don't know if he actually sleeps with these women. That's probably what troubles Jennifer. Mm, does he actually poke a woman no i think it's about for him it's an attention thing so imagine having that conversation over and over again with him and your therapist where you're like i just don't understand why i'm not enough and then someone's explaining he needs constant attention he needs validation 24 7 right right and i and i think a lot of that is because they are so famous and it's very hard for in the same way that a reality star who's like the bachelor and they get so accustomed to people falling over themselves and then it's like the light switched off and no one cares because there's a new bachelor and they're like whoa 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 mm-hmm. wait they become start to believe that when the producers tell them you are the most handsome man that's ever walked the earth and these girls have thought of nothing but the last year of like how they could one day be your bride standing on a platform in the middle of a field <laughs> and they're like yeah you're damn right i am like a prince of all princes like i am i i walk the earth like no other and then it's like, okay, I got to go back to my apartment in Westlake Village right. and then, like, you know, get takeout. Right. Do you like I mean, heaven forbid you have to like, like at some point apply for like a normal job and have like a oh, boss yeah. again and like re-enter I normal mean, life, which is just a dark, cruel reality. That's actually my worst fear is like somehow becoming like a D or C list celebrity <laughs> where I am famous enough to be recognized, but not famous enough to have my life paid for. Well, that's what a lot of the real world tell me, uh, people tell me when I interview them. They say the problem it was that we were famous, but we weren't successful. Exactly. So people recognize you, but you're driving a jalopy. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. dark reality. You're, yeah. You're working at the Nordstrom Shoe Department. Oh, that is so, so tough. Um, okay. Well, speaking of The Bachelor, I heard on a recent podcast episode that you met army hammer's father at the la quinta resort in palm springs where the bachelor was filmed with clarendale is this accurate 
It is accurate. And I wonder if some point if Michael Hammer will send me a letter and say, please stop telling people about the moment that you know, a hotel in uh, La Quinta, California. I, I think I just had my fourth child. I'm at the La Quinta Resort. I listen, you guys know it now. I'm the kind of person that people saddle up next to me at a table. And next thing you know, I know everything about them. I just do. And they yeah. tell me everything. They're like, invariably when I meet people, they go, I've never told anybody this before. And then like, my husband will look at me and I'll shrug his shoulders and I go, there we go. It's just, I don't know what it is about me. I'm, I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm joyful to talk to, but I very, I'm a great listener Yeah, and I'm funny and I'm empathetic. So I think people mm-hmm. are like, listen, my therapist hasn't been around for a couple of weeks. Can I just like talk to you for a little bit? And I'm like, <laughs> you sure can just do it. So I was sitting next to this very sweet couple and we started chatting and, you know, they're asking me what I do and they're asking about the kids and, and, um, yeah, his girlfriend was like, Hey, you're never going to believe who his son is. And then they made me play the stupid guessing game. Well, he's an actor. <laughs> like, I don't play right. games anymore. I'm not in fourth grade. Just spit it out. Who's your son? <laughs> so he was like, well, he was in the, you know, remember the movie about Facebook, the social dilemma? Yeah. He played twins. I'm like, okay. So Army Hammer, Winkle Voss, twins. I got it. Roger. Like, let's move forward. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he, it was just kind of like, yeah, he wanted to be an actor, like whatever. Um, and yeah, we chatted. And then the girlfriend was like, oh my God, Kate, you got to give us your number. Like, you're so fun. Um, come and hang out at the house later. Cause I guess they had a house there or something. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Whatever. I kid you not later that night, you know, I'm like breastfeeding, I think in the room, my husband's like watching, you know, like a war movie or something. And the kids are like, Mah! and I'm getting texts from them. Like, come and hang out. Stop. Yeah. Oh, and I was gosh. like, Oh, I don't know. Like I got the kids. Well, later on, like a year later or something, I heard that they were swingers somehow. I don't know how I found that. <gasps> so then I was like, is it possible that maybe they were like, she might be down, but I, I, I have a hard time believing that because I did have a baby in a Bjorn at one point. I don't think that I had the hallmarks of like, she's up for a good time. Other people have told me that it doesn't really matter if like you were into that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I just thought, and to each of their own, but I just thought it was hilarious because I just was like a woman with like, you know, flip flops on with a baby Bjorn with like, you know, on Botox skin is not really like hot. I don't, I don't know. I just found it very funny. So then circle back to this whole story. And I'm like, you know, it's crazy guys. I actually have met army hammers dad. And I was almost their third. (laughs) I mean, isn't that just random? I was almost his sister wife. I don't even think I told my husband this because he'd be like, (laughs) of course, this makes total sense. You would, were you at, were you at dinner alone when you met them? No, my husband was there. But they didn't invite your husband over later. Just you. No, it was just me. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That that's we- boom. That's, that's weird. It. That this is like this could be a that's whole the smoking gun. This could be a forty-five minute college course on um, behavior. You know, like uh, <laughs> like body language and stuff. Like, did I do something? Did I like know signal the right in password? some way? Yeah, yeah. Like maybe the word's pretzel. And I was like, God, I would love to have a pretzel. And they were like, Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> she's, she's in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is absolutely a smoking gun because you just would ne- just to be polite, you would never say, you know, you never not invite both people you just met. Well, there That's is very a part, strange. There is a part of me that is a real um, 
real oblivious to that stuff. Like somebody could be doing lines of blow and I would be like, Oh, I'm just like, Oh, does this, how does that smell? Is that a pretty flower? Like, I, <laughs> like there is a part of me that just is like, I don't even know. So there totally. they could have been like trying to get like hinting, it. hinting and I'm like, what? Right. right. Like, like somebody could be doing crystal meth outside and I'm like, Oh, what are you doing? Like, are you playing with spoons? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. I, I'm like, I'm like a dumb, dumb, dumb about that stuff. Just shooting up, and you're like, is there some vitamins in there? Are you I'm just like, oh, you got the, I'm like, you got the vaccine. How exciting! <laughs> <laughs> totally. Just there, like behind a dumpster at the Seven Eleven with the vaccine. Is it Pfizer I mean, or Moderna? I'm which bottom, but which actually I got to get my shit together because my kids are going to get older and I have to be on the up and up. I'm going to be like smelling situations. Like, <laughs> Who's your friend, Bobby? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Let's hope they don't listen to this podcast. They're not in on it. <laughs> right. Um, wait. Okay. So what do you think of the recent, the like the, the new news that Effie came out, came on camera, gave a statement. Have you, are you privy oh, to this? Okay. Yeah, I just think it's awful. And I, I'm grateful that the women have come forward. And I, I am always astounded how somebody could suggest that a woman that comes forward would make a story like that mm-hmm. up. Like right. she wants to do it for publicity. Really? For the rest of her life, mm-hmm. she is connected to this horrible person, this painful experience. Why would someone want to do that for publicity? That's not the way to get publicity. So I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm happy that they had the strength to come forward. I'm very inspired by it, and I hope that they all get the justice they deserve. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I totally agree, 100%. And one of the things that his lawyers came out with a statement, basically saying, first of all, here's screenshots where she was like coming on to him a year later, like. And and trying to invalidate her. Yeah, I mean that's like par for the course, right? It's right. Like, it's like victim shaming one on one. Yeah, it's yeah. awful. I hope that all. I hope that uh, all the truth is revealed and that they get their justice. It's just horrible. Yeah, I, I hope so too. And I, but I also think like I also think like it's not abnormal to like as a woman have a very complicated relationship with your abuser. Yeah, like right. it's not you know you could be trying to recontextualize that experience, trying to somehow make it what it wasn't. She obviously did love him, and so I just think like to use that as a weapon, like the fact that she like also engaged with him positively after that doesn't negate like the crime that he committed on that day in 2017. Well, I'm a secondhand survivor uh, because my mom was, I've spoken about it and she has no problem with me telling people, but she was um, a victim of the family priest when she was a kid. So she was always very, very paranoid about people and how they behave and like making sure that we were always very um, cognizant. I just made a joke about how I'm oblivious, but that's one thing I'm like, I am always paying attention to. Right. Um, But she always told me this is that it is a complicated relationship with the abuser because even though she was a little girl and she was molested by a priest, she thought that she was in love with him. Mm-hmm. because he was right. the one that he taught her how to read he molested her i think she said from ages like three or four until 12 <sighs> so he would come to the house and he would get her mom drunk and then her mom oh would my pass gosh out. and then he would they would go upstairs and she he but he taught her to read and he, he was really yeah. her and he would you know the, she grew up in this huge catholic family and was totally ignored and he was the one person that paid attention to her mm-hmm. so it, you're conflicted because you you think you love them, 
it takes many, many years to unwind from that. So when people are like, but she's taking a picture with him and she said she loved him. It's like, well, it's not cut and dry like that. Well, there's all that grooming that has to go into it. The grooming is something that's really important for people to pay attention to. I re- mm-hmm. remember I did an interview with the director and producers of Abducted at Plain Sight, in Plain Sight, which was on Netflix mm-hmm. about a family mm-hmm. where the daughter was molested well, by a family friend. And I, mm-hmm. I, I remember saying to them at the end of that interview, I, I want you to be proud of what you've done because you've unknowingly protected so many children because parents who watch this are going to think about the people in their orbit and how yep. the grooming process takes place. Right. Right. It's so important. It's so absolutely important. And I think we're just now come, we're just beginning to actually have that conversation because like, I don't know, we were raised in a, in a very religious community where, well, I mean, you know, just Go ahead, sorry, really quick. I'll just like, in, abduction in plain sight happened within a Mormon community. And I don't know if you know this, but Lauren and I were both yep. raised Mormon. I and- did because you guys were eager to know if I'm really friends with Shannon Bird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I really am. Okay. I'm really friends with her. Okay. Do you, I have to tell you something. Shannon yeah. Bird is yes, absolutely please. piss your pants funny. I swear to really? you. I, I, to- I was like, Shannon, you guys need to be on Real Housewives of Utah and or Palm, uh, Salt Lake City, excuse me. And I put her in touch with the casting director. And the, they, the fact that they did not cast her is beyond me. But I did an interview with her because I made her – review I knew her before but I made her review an episode of Salt Lake City and so I made her husband come in to the zoom afterwards and I was like like what's going are you a serial killer like what's going on like people think you're crazy and they're totally funny and normal and unlike other Mormons that I understand that are very devout like they'll go to clubs and people drink around them and they don't care like yeah. they're actually like a good time and they have a very good sense of humor about themselves He's like, yeah, people think I'm crazy. Like, what am I going to do? I don't know. I'm like hitched to this wagon. You know, I don't know. And she's really funny. And she's she told a story on when I interviewed her about how like one of her boobs is longer than the other. Like not a lot of people would did, would talk about that stuff. I think she has. I, I told her, I'm like, you're the most dingbatish person in the world with a heart of gold. Like she just is a dingbat. She doesn't mean to make <laughs> some of the choices that she does. And she'll, she like laughs when I say it. She's like, maybe you're right. I mean, she just is like her head's in the clouds all the time, but she's really funny and a good person. I, I that's that. why I wanted her to go on Real Housewives yeah. because I said, people will really see the person that you are. And she's yeah. fascinating too, because she has all the backstory. She was friends with all the Mormon bloggers and they all live in the same community. She like lives down the street mm-hmm. from all of them. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is what I really want. I don't give a shit about Jen and so-and-so and Lisa Barlow and all that. I want to know about those girls, the Mormon influencers. Because yeah. that's more. But people are like, yeah, but they don't drink and they don't like, you know, go clubbing. And I'm like, who cares? I think people, what they do in their own houses is more interesting. I don't but have it to see more work. Throwback tequila shots. Well, yeah, I there. I have heard rumors that they're not very interesting. I have heard that. Oh, really? That it's just like no. This actually, there would no be no material. Just, this it's is not a show. I, and like I they like, like they like they filmed them and they were like, oh, this is like paint drying. But I don't know if it's because they're so contained. Like they're like we have to show. I think there's a huge um, response. I think Heather Gay on my show kind of spoke to this too. Is that there's this feeling and whether it's not it's real or not I don't know but this feeling of like I have to project a certain image mm-hmm. oh and for sure. some take that more seriously than others Shannon Bird is like I am what I am I'm just trying and by the way 
she's a very happy, proud Mormon. Mm-hmm. And that's what another thing I thought it would be great because there, you don't really have any, I mean, Lisa Barlow says she's a practicing Mormon, but I, I don't get the sense that she goes to temple or anything. I but don't Shannon, know one person who behaves like Lisa yeah, Barlow. Who's Shannon is like, she actually, she's like, I'm very proud to be a Mormon. I love my community. Mm-hmm. And she'll like text me other people who are Mormon that are really funny. Like, like there's this one guy that is super, super funny and he makes these hilarious videos. I'm like, why aren't they on the show? They're like very happily married, super funny, cool people who are practicing Mormons. Like that's what I would want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I just think that like we, we went from Army Hammer to Mormons. Like, to Mormon blogger. An amazing pivot. <laughs> I just think that like these women, these very much like picture perfect Mormon bloggers, they do have this veneer. They're super polished and they want to seem totally perfect at all times. And I, you're right. It probably wouldn't translate on camera because it would just seem so stale and like they're producing themselves. But then Shannon Bird, she represents, I do think there are people that would be great. But the, this is what happens with Housewives is that you start a franchise and you have a bunch of weirdos and the normal adjacent people are like i don't want to be on a show with those Mm -hmm. crazy people so you're never going to get the normal people to agree to it unless you cut a lot of the fat out so if you like maybe kept two people and then you're like shannon bird and then like a bunch of like really super funny interesting eccentric people it could be it's a totally different show but it's infinitely more interesting i just would like to see and i'm not a i mean i'm an episcopalian but i'm not I'm not like going to church every Sunday. I think it's really interesting to see how other people practice their faith. Like it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. And, and I'd like to see people who, I mean, excommunicated people are interesting too, because I do like to hear their perspective, especially how they're gays. But, you know, I think that for, I don't live there. I mean, I've, tr- I've visited there and let me tell you, people do think I'm Mormon because I'm blonde and I have a lot of kids, but I'm not. Um, but mm-hmm. I do think that there are a lot of Mormons in that, city that are like this is not a representation of our community and it would be nice oh, to see somebody not. it would not be nice to see somebody who is practicing who you know is not a lunatic yeah for sure for sure and i don't think lunatic and dingbat are the same thing and so that's why probably exactly. shannon bird would be shannon, a good shannon task. is really I, she's i think for spring break she's coming on here with her kids and i said listen if i'm coming to the pool don't be showing up with your bikini on because I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to push you in the pool and I won't let you out. I, I, I would be in a full on one piece with the burka and drinking a margarita. And I'm not going to have you sit next to the pool in like a string bikini. <laughs> Do you hear me? And she's like, okay, Kate, like, ha. I'm like, no, no, I'm serious. Like I'm not, no, we're not doing that. Um, no, she's super funny and cool. And you know what? A really nice person. She's just like, what? You know, everybody has one of those friends. Yeah, they're entertaining because you're like, "Oh my god, you're driving around town and your and your gas cap's not on." Like that is her. That's <laughs> that's she's amazing. Perpetually <laughs> driving around with her gas cap off, metaphorically and literally. <laughs> well, I feel like that's what makes for great TV. So yeah. Oh my on. god, totally. And the husband, I, 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 I mean, you know me. I was like, I really thought you were a serial killer. Like I thought you might murder me. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, I don't know why I have that vibe. Um. But he's fun and he like teases her and she like yells at him and and they're like, Shh, you know, be quiet, kids. And you know, they're like normal. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of, um, speaking but, but, of, but the one thing, last thing about her is she's always like over the top dressed up. 
I'm like, what? Oh, really? I go, what are you doing? That's why she's a housewife. I go, what are you wearing? Right. (laughs) We're doing a a Zoom. And she's like, oh, this is like red dress I have. I'm like, and your hair is curled. (laughs) And she's like, I know. I just love it. She's like, I I always like to wear heels. I was like, I haven't worn heels since the junior prom. What are you doing? This is why I could never be on Housewives. Like, I haven't even brushed my teeth yet this morning. Yeah, exactly. That's why she's great for Housewives, too. This sounds like a Shannon Bird appreciation post. (laughs) My point is this. I'm just saying this. We need to have, like, nutty people. And when I think of Salt Lake City, I think of big Mormon families. Mm -hmm. um, And that's what I want to see. I don't know if I want to see, like what they are bringing to the table right now. I I have gone out and been very honest about, I just thought that show was not very good. Well, speaking of Mormons on television, um, I would need to know your thoughts about sister wives have to know, because I know you're a sister wife fanatic. I wouldn't call myself a fanatic. I have a friend, Steve Stoff, who's a dear friend of mine, and he reviews it on my show to the point where there's literally urine going down my leg because I'm (laughs) laughing so hard. We are obsessed with Tony. We don't understand Tony, the the son-in-law. We feel like he had a bad year of press after his hellacious appearance on the show, and we have not seen him since. So we're like, what happened to Tony? Remember they had the taco truck at the wedding? Um, I think that Cody is yes. a fascinating figure. I don't understand why they're all still married to him. I think Robin is secretly diabolical. I think that Mary really, has, really? I think Mary wanted to leave ship a long time ago, but the problem is Mary is stuck with them because she makes the most money because she sells all those leggings. I think she's oh, actually yeah. Her making a lot, a lot more than we'd like to think. I'm baffled by Janelle because I think Janelle is the most normal. Like mm-hmm. if we were talking about a highway of normalcy, she's driving in the middle lane maybe. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand how they at some point had six children, which means he they had sex at least six times because I think that they're only good friends. I don't see any sexual chemistry no. at all. Um, I, think the, Christine. I think Christine's like a clinger. I think that she is somebody who really believes in her head that there's a real romance between those two, even though he avoids at any cost spending any time with her. Um, and I think that at some point he's going to get real bored and he's going to be freaking out that they might not get another season and he's going to introduce another wife. And I think it's going to be probably in the very near future. I think it will cause a mental breakdown on Robin's part. And that's why I will tune into that season. <laughs> well, I mean, it's clear that he really only even spends time with Robin. Like he's always at Robin's house or with Robin whenever they're shooting. And to know Sister Wives is to know that you're watching a show that's basically, you know how Summer House is just basically a series of nanny cam shots? Sister Mm -hmm. Wives is a series of shots of him packing and unpacking (laughs) (laughs) U-Hauls. moving people out in and out of places. They're moving all the time and they're very braggadocious (laughs) about the sale and the sale of properties and you're like i don't even know how you guys have enough money to buy a pack of gatorades let alone a house <laughs> a so cold attack me, that's why i watch that show because i'm endlessly fascinated i don't understand it and therefore it makes me laugh so steve and i when we review it i just can't stop laughing because he's a totally straight dad of four who lives in the suburbs and he watches it with the same curiosity that I do and I can't stop laughing I mean it's just become such I mean I feel like 
when it first started, it was there was so much morbid curiosity about the lifestyle and there was so much charm and just like mm-hmm. I feel like Cody did have a level of um I wouldn't say like I was attracted to him in any way, oh, but God. like I would say there was, was there was charm there. I feel like if given the choice of spending the night with Christine or spending some time in his bathroom just like curling his hair, he's always going to go with curling his hair. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. And, and absolutely. I don't know what, I don't know how he makes any income. I, I think really think that Mary is the one who makes the bulk of I think Janelle throws in a couple like waffles, but I think for the most part, Mary's the one who makes all the money and that's why she's stuck and she's resentful because all she the wanted way- to do was to have the bed and breakfast, which by the way, Steve right. and I had fully planned to take our families on a little trip <laughs> to that bed and breakfast. And we were gonna take photos, we were gonna take videos, we were gonna do a solid for the rest of the country and or the world. And to stay there, but apparently that we had to be well. Actually, the pandemic put a little, little break on that. But um, I feel like Mary's like all I wanted to do was go to that bed and breakfast that my ancestors lived in two hundred years ago and make some like scones in the morning. And you guys have destroyed my dream. And now I've got to be pedaling ugly leggings all the time in order for you guys to have some sort of compound in Coyotes Pass, Arizona. And by the way, those kids of theirs are all getting older and they're going to leave. So they're going to be stuck with four massive houses on an ugly property. And did you notice that the ones that he hates the most live closer to the ditches? Because they do, they do the blueprint. They show you what the whole what the whole thing looks like. Robin is basically living on the hill underneath the Lord's like sunlit heaven. <laughs> and Mary is next to the ditch where the, do- where the cows shit. But she's the one who makes the most money. Do you see what I'm saying? It's fascinating. Go ahead. If you were married, wouldn't you hightail your way out of it? Like most people stay in a marriage if they if they want to leave and they don't. Most people are staying because financially they can't make it on their own. Because she's paying for all the she's paying for all the things for the kids, and because she only had one child, which like they all love to remind her of that. I know. there's Baron Mary. Mary couldn't have a lot of kids. She just had Mariah. So then they thrust all their kids with the weird names on Mary. So Mary's basically raised all those children, let's be honest with ourselves. And now she's paying for things for them. Soccer cleats like- or, 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 or whatever. Like, and By the way, can we stop with the t-shirts with the tank top over the top? No. It Ugh. makes no sense. Well, but it's, it's, a, it's a modesty thing for their religion. <laughs> Like they're, they're supposed just, to always be wearing long but, sleeves. But why wear the tank top over it? There's no point <laughs> to it. There's just that's just like give wearing, it shape, you know, for shape. It's like it's like wearing pants with a skirt. It's like just wear the pants. You don't put the skirt over the pants. <laughs> well, I think it's more like to have some sort of summery vibe, you know. So it's like I'm gonna put this this you know t- tangerine colored tank top over my white long sleeve shirt, so I seem like I'm ready for the barbecue. It's like wearing a suit and a bikini with over the suit. There's no point to it. It's just she shouldn't do it. I don't know. Honestly, I need a lot of help. I don't know if we're willing to do it. I don't know. It just makes sense that she got catfished. Like all this just like adds to the validity of the catfishing. I think she probably wants to be with a woman. I think that that's the other problem. Interesting. Yeah. And I think that's why it was so hard. Listen, I don't I don't know anything other than what I'm thinking through the TV. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I think that was hard. Part of the problem when her daughter came forward, because I think she struggles with her possibly with her own sexuality, too, maybe. Hmm. And I'm not creating this from the sky. She was catfished by a woman. Right. And I think there was this extreme embarrassment Mm -hmm. that was over the top. Then one could say. Wasn't the woman pretending to be a man? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but come on. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what know. was going down exactly with the catfishing. If there was like you know light sexting involved or whatever, but. I mean, obviously, no. She I was, think it was an emotional affair. Exactly, I think she was, was yeah hoodwinked by like someone who could talk to her in a way that she needed. They, they think about she was so paranoid about those conversations getting out. Mm-hmm. I think the conversations were more than, I don't know if I'm into having four other sister wives. I bet it was more than that. If you know what I'm saying, right? Right. Not mm-hmm. in, in an emotional way, opening about opening up about one's innermost feelings. Mm-hmm. If you're reading me, what I'm saying, right, right, um, right. <laughs> that one would not want to be released when you're on a television show with a husband who who is the who is the head of the Church of the Family of the Browns. <sighs> Right, right. Specul- mm. This is all speculation on, on my part. I just like it's all say. alleged. I feel like I've done enough interviews and watched enough television in my years to know that there's something there. There, yeah, I could see it. Tell it us more it, about the. It can't the be just what we think of this thing. Yeah, Robin knows that he loves her more than anybody, but she plays this game where she's all teary all the time, and like right. as soon as she can smell that they're they're realizing that she gets a couple more eggs or she gets a, like a little bit more uh, money for tank tops. She <laughs> pulls, she pulls the tears out. That's her mojo. And then they're like, Oh, Robin's upset again. Oh, she's so fragile. We have to be very careful with her. And I think they walk out of the room. She wipes her face and she's like, fucking yeah i think <laughs> i think she plays up the tears a lot i'm just such a sensitive person it's like yeah oh you're so sensitive if you're so sensitive you weren't mindful that you were walking into a family that already had like basically raised children together and then you want to have extra kids like uh-huh. okay have you seen my five wives i have of course i've seen it have you met me of course i've seen it <laughs> Wait, okay, I'm obsessed with you because I am obsessed with My Five Wives. And I feel like if you are a person that has watched Sister Wives and you've been jaded to the polygamous lifestyle, I invite you to reopen your heart and watch My Five Wives and witness the way Brady loves those women and the way they are trying to live good lives and love each other. I mean, it is it has healed me, Kate, watching that show. There's something wrong with him. I'm just like, why are we all interested in Brady? Brady's like a dopey. I think he has a. I think he has a wandering eye too. No, pretty sure of it. I'm like, he would never. I'm like, gals, why are gals? I say gals because I think they're the kind of people that say gals. Gals, why are we into Brady? Mm -hmm. They all think he is so hot. I mean, it's you know what it's like. It's like there's one bar in the middle of the dirt dirt road and they're all women just waiting there with Coors lights and this this guy walks through the door and they're all fighting over him and you're like guys you can just move to Vegas and there are lots of different men there but they don't want to leave their town and this is the only bar and he's the only man it's like that well, I actually I did a I did a deep deep dive on my five wives, um, and you know read everything on Reddit about it, figured out everything on the internet about it. And one thing that that the Sun wrote on an Ask Me Anything on Reddit like three years ago was that Brady. So most people in their religious like community, they're all related, and Brady was a convert, and so that made him like the hot guy oh, of the Christ. entire town because he wasn't like a cousin. So he didn't have webbed feet. That's who <laughs> That was his exactly. that was that was his that was his match.com five wide <laughs> profile. 
does mm-hmm. not have webbed feet, might have a wandering eye, but does not have webbed feet. Not inbred. Okay. Wow. Uh, I personally, as his defense attorney, do not think that he has a wandering eye. In fact, I think he earnestly loves each of those women and tries to be a good husband to them. The, the most, I don't know. The most troubling thing for me about my five wives is that all of these women are sweet, are sleeping in like full size beds. Like they're not sleeping in a king. Yeah, like, yeah. He never can afford to buy them more than that. It's as right. if they're all contestants on The Bachelor. Yes, because you yes. know The Bachelor, they give them like bunk beds from Pottery Barn. It's the same thing, or mm-hmm. maybe in their local area. That's all that they sell i would like to actually someone to research that can you buy a larger than a full bed in that in that regional area well i think it's i think it's an economic thing and to kind of compare it to sister wives one of the things that i i forget which sister wife said it but one of the things that was said was that when they all lived in one house in utah they they had to get along. They had to like deal with each other because they were all together all the time. And then once they separated into different houses, suddenly they didn't really have to see each other. And so they could create kind of stories in their mind and run with those narratives. And like they, they weren't forced, I guess, to make good with each other. And with my five wives, they are economically very much struggling, it would appear. And so they do live all together and they're kind oh of God. forced to be – like harmonious. I so want to interview me. That's how you need to do it. The one person I'd love to interview. I've listened. I've tried to get Mary. She will. She says no. I have interviewed Cody though. But I will say this: the one person I would really like to interview is the therapist, the one that they have come in to talk to them all the time. Yes, she's oh. never going to do an interview because of whatever HIPAA laws. But I mean, can you imagine? She must go home at night and go, "What the hell just happened to me?" <laughs> She's not getting paid enough. I know that. She needs to go to a therapist to unwind from the therapy sessions with the Browns. Ugh. Well, I mean, did you see the last episode or two episodes ago where the whole drama, the reason why Christine has so many issues about one house, like the dark, the dark, I don't know, like a part of her soul is because Cody showered more at Mary's for a couple of years. Have you seen this yet? Yes. I just think Mary or Christine. Has to take a long look in the mirror and ask herself, why, why, Cody? Of all the men of polygamy, I'd like to see the calendar of polygamy men. Why is it this one? Why? Is aren't there any better polygamous men than Cody? Oh, well, how about when how about By the way, Mary, Mary was the first wife, okay? He saddled up to her first. Mm-hmm. Maybe Mary was like, listen. Um, not happy that you've got some new wife. Do you think that maybe you could spend some more time, the one you're legally married to? Like, I, there's just so much to unpack with all of them. Yeah. Well, how about when, how oh, about by the way, when... not, not to be, I bet you he was taking a shower because that's the, um, that's the, the one spot he could like let that, let that is load off. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think he slept. I don't think he slept with either of those women. I think he goes to the shower to take care of business. Oh, I totally disagree. I think he's, I think he with is. Mary? Fruitful. I think he's fruitful with all of them except for Mary right no now. Way. In my opinion. No I way. No totally way. want the only woman he's sleeping with is Robin. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't, do you think Janelle and him are? I don't think there's there's no lust between the two of them. I could see Christine. He has not the, had sex with Janelle since 1998. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's not possible because there's no. Or maybe okay. I was going to say there's no way she could be. I was gonna say there's no way she's gonna could be so mentally normal if she had been deprived of sex for so long, but but maybe being deprived of sex with Cody is what creates such mental stability sure. for her. Like, 
<laughs> Maybe that is the reason we've unlocked. I, think, I just think they've all become asexual. The other ones. I think Robin puts up with it. Like Steve was like, I think every once in a while Robin's like, fine, I guess so. But he's like, I think for the most part, they're, they've just become asexual. I mean, can you imagine looking at those wispies for that long? No, I just can't even, even know. And, you know, and you, I know he's going to ask for another wife because now that he's around the grandkids all the time, he wants to prove how young he is by mm-hmm. having more babies. That's why he wears that long Jesus hair because he's <laughs> like a lot of the men of Orange County who believe that if they let their hair grow, it makes them look younger, which in fact, it looks, it makes you look like you need sandals and a toga. Like you don't look younger, but they believe that. I guess, you know, sometimes people think that if they have their hair longer, but it's not, it's not helping the they're housewives that believe that having really long hair makes them younger too. And it just doesn't. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Longer is not always better for men and for women. That's a PSA. Yeah. Okay. I actually have a – I have one final question for you. Speaking of hot men, I want to know who you think is the hottest housewife husband. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Maybe we do like F, F Mary Kill. I don't know. The person that reads the most, who would that be? I don't know. Mm. Um – who is PK. <laughs> I don't even know. I just don't find any of them. Like, do you think Mauricio ever? No, no. Really? I no. He doesn't do uh-uh. it for you at all. I'm going to say Lisa Barlow's husband because he's mm. like almost like a, a mute. Like he doesn't really talk <laughs> and he just kind of like sits in the background. I'm going to go with him. Okay. Okay. I would not be interested in Heather Gay's ex-husband. Oh, oh my, my gosh! gosh. No, no, I was no. sh- when th- when he came on the scene. Lauren and I were both so shook that this was her husband. He d- it didn't even seem like he was like a fully functioning adult. No, he like, like he, it seemed like he was no, he was operating ahead. at like a sixty percent capacity. Yeah, he's definitely not her not not someone I, I would have matched her up on a match dot com. Let's for sure. Oh, well, Kate, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so <laughs> fun. And um, what just. What a journey it's been. A-Rod, Army Hammer, Sister Wives, My Five Wives, a heated debate. Um, yeah. Can you imagine we- if you sat next to me on a beach? You'd be I like, was- lady, I, I got to go home. No, I, I was to- just going to say, I would love I it. I have to go home. I want to be on no, a- I'm actually- I have to take my kids to like with you. <laughs> baseball and soccer. And my kids are like, do you remember I'm alive? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> no, are Another thing that's horrible about me is I played college sports and I was a co- coach before I had kids. So I'm that parent on the field. I'm not like, I'm not like, what kind of call is that? I'm like yelling at my kids. I'm like, really? One goal? That's all you got in you today? One, one goal? Really? <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. I'm oh my gosh. Wait. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to wrap up because I want to be respectful of your time, but I actually have one more question for you. Um, as someone with five children, I always think like like that would just be so much work. But something you said when we before we hit record was like you were having them do a bunch of work for you. And so do you have a different perspective on yeah. Yeah. on the children? When I meet someone with one child and they're like, I'm so overwhelmed, I laugh because I'm like, what are you talking about? But I also think you don't understand. You have limited yourself. And I'm I'm only speaking to people that have one child who have chosen one child. I'm not talking about people that have tried desperately to have more children. Right. That's, mm-hmm. a whole, that's a whole other conversation and my heart explodes when I hear anything with fertility problems. I'm talking about people who go, I've had one child, it's too much for me. 
and we have decided there's no way we are ever going to allow the, the you know the the puck to get past the goalie. That's all I'm speaking <laughs> to that because I say to them, when you have more children, they do things for you. <laughs> Okay, so like the oldest will will do the homework with the youngest one, and then the second mm-hmm. will play with the third, and then the fourth will help the second one. It uh, it it's helps brilliant. You tremendously. It's it's delegation. It's basically creating your own workforce. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. At some point, I will teach them to scrub toilets. I haven't gotten there yet, but it's the time is coming. You, it's it's an ability to delegate responsibilities. So that's my message to people who would like and uh, uh, to have more children and are on the fence about it. Should we? Should we not? That is one terrific upside is that they can all help you with other things. I mean, the second that first hit kid hits thirteen, you suddenly have a full time nanny. Oh yeah, of course. But that's because they have to go. To, I have to drive them places all the time. That's yep. where it gets the hiccup. Yeah, gotcha. but like uh, now, I've said that I might go downstairs, and the house might be on fire for all I know. Because I've asked the oldest to take care of the other ones, and she can sometimes be a Shannon Bird dodo brain and do things I don't even know. <laughs> She's probably doing TikTok videos or some adjacent thing, and the and the baby is probably right with like crayons on the wall. But I'm going to say, you know what, it is what it is because I talked to the girls, and uh, we talked about Army Hammer, and we talked about Cody Brown, and I think that that is a full day for me. Yep, it's true. We did the good work for the people today. And so you're, the kids are just going to have to fend for themselves for the past hour. And I'm sure it's all fine. I think so, too. I'm grateful for your time. I am obsessed with you now. And we will be texting and sending. Uh, I have to send you the video of Jack on uh, set of Fox yes. 11. And- yeah. Yes, please. Oh, and OK, we're going to sign off. I have to tell you, I loved back in the day when you would do gives 30% about your one oh, daughter. Oh, no, that's who I'm taking to soccer now, gives 30%. Oh, <laughs> That kid, she hated ballet. She will murder somebody on a soccer field. (laughs) I have to take video of it. That's amazing. Is she giving like 60% now, 90%? She gives gives 65% on the field. And it's hilarious. That's amazing. And and then my husband will call for it. He'll be like, hey, go, go, go. And it'll be in the middle of like a really like all the kids are sweating and she's laughing as she kicks the ball down the field because it's like she thinks it's someone's head that she's kicking into the goal. <laughs> really kind of funny. But my, you oh know, my, my mom used to always say about me, she's like, you had that killer instinct in you. And that she has that. The other ones are really nice and care about people like my husband. <laughs> <laughs> she's carrying on the torch. We love it. Yeah. The other, um, other okay. ones are much nicer. Thank you so much for coming on. Truly, everyone, go listen to Kate's podcast, Reality Life with Kate Casey. And also, she's in Clubhouse. She's going she's gonna to help us. This is going to sound awkward and weird, but break our Clubhouse virginity <laughs> and get on Clubhouse. Yeah, too. And, I, and, I, and I do need you to, to do a room on who we hate in TV this week because I think in. that would be yes. fantastic. Yeah. We love it. We're totally doing it. And then make sure everybody awesome. else joins that room so I can hear their voices because I want to hear people talking. Because when you're a podcaster, it's like you're talking to a wall. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Okay, everyone look out oh. for us on Clubhouse. Yes. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. You truly are the best. Yes. Thank you. We're so flattered you so came fun. on. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday.
Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley and I'm Jennifer Chaikin and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey.